Hi. Hi. Welcome to another Zero the Educate webinar series. This time it's on bonds. In this three-part series, we talk about what bonds are, how they work, and how you can go about investing in them. Today we have with us Winston Noronna, Director of IDFC Mutual Fund. He has an experience of over 25 years in, in the financial services industry with a background in financial advisory, sales, and research. He has held strategic and leadership roles in these areas. Over to you, Winston. Uh, thank you, Hanan. Uh, I'm going to give you a small introduction into our, our program. Uh, this is under the under series learning briefcase. Here in learning briefcase, you look at how to we can add value to our investors. And uh, the program we're going to do today is on bonds. Okay, what is a bond basically? Uh, when we look at uh, bonds, uh, the question is: bonds are a derivative of debt. What is debt? Debt is primarily an exchange of money between two individuals or groups. Uh, this debt can take on various forms. It can take the form of short term or long term. You, one group, which, which we'll call the fund surplus group, lends to somebody who's fund scarce. Obviously, uh, this, this is not a one-sided transaction. This transaction involves uh, uh, some repayment of the funds as well as interest and dividend at the period's end. Uh, this is in a small snippet of what, what a debt can debt funds are. Uh, debt basically is only a transaction where money is exchanged and on behalf of uh, or on, on in lieu of the money being, being exchanged, you pay back uh, in interest or a dividend. Now, who are the, who, who is this market of, for this money? Who, who manages, who is, who is the fund surplus and who is the fund deficit? When we look at the market for the money, there is what we call unorganized money markets. These are unregulated intermediaries. This could be ingenious bankers, money lenders. This could be your father, mother, or your relative who lends you money. Now, the reason we're calling this unorganized is because uh, there are no set markers for this. There are no set requirements for a person to be a borrower or a lender. Uh, there is no set interest rates. There are no set uh, features of a product here. It could be open-ended. On the other hand, there's what we call the organized markets. Now, the organized markets are built into two parts. There is the short-term organized markets and long-term organized markets. The short-term organized markets are normally called money markets. These are markets where uh, most of the transactions happen with, with corporates, banks, and institutions. Uh, they have uh, fancy names, things like repo, reverse repo, call money, treasuries, cash management bills, certificate of deposits, commercial papers. But what sets out these this short-term unorganized markets is that uh, most of it is, is kind of regulated. And the regulatory entry most entity in most of these cases is either the Reserve Bank of India or uh, the 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 person borrowing or the borrower manages this borrowing at, at the back end. On the other hand, there are organized long-term debt markets. Uh, 
there are central banks, central government who needs money. Now, why does the central government need money? They need money to fund fund their budgets. There are state governments who need money. These are, this, these are the monies required similarly to fund state budgets or state, state enterprises. There are corporate debt funds taken by uh, corporate banks, sometimes corporate entities, which are PSU or private sector. There are other special securities, things like what we call SPVs, which are special purpose vehicles, vehicles wherein, uh, you know, for a particular project, funds funds are taken and uh, there's an escrow account built around it where uh, the interests are paid out of revenues earned from that SPV. Uh, but for the context of today, we'll stick to a few participants and products in the debt market. Things like central governments, these are our dated securities. Now, I've given you the borrower, who are the investors? When we look at central governments, uh, in fact, everybody can be a, an investor with the central government. You know, you you, really, you can invest to an RBA relief bond, banks can invest to government securities, insurance companies and mutual funds. The Similarly, they, these are long-term dated securities. When you call dated, it means long-term in nature. Uh, on the other hand, there is a, a short-term Securities, things like T-bills, similar invest investor profile. State governments, securities, similar investment profile. PSU banks, PSU companies, PSU banks sometimes issue bonds. Now you'll notice there's a there's a there's a change in the semantics of how debt is 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 nomenclatured for central governments, state governments, and PSUs. When governments borrow, they are called government securities. When PSUs or private companies borrow, they're called bonds. Uh, corporates borrow through debentures. CPs are papers which are short-term in nature and uh, issued by corporates. Uh, just like you go to a bank and issue a fixed deposit. Similarly, when corporates invest with a bank, they invest through what they call certificate of deposits. Now, what's the big difference between short-term and long-term? Uh, when we consider long-term papers, long-term papers are normally papers which are issued for more than a year. That's why they're called dated. Uh, Short-term, on the other hand, tend to be papers which are or securities which are issued less than a year. Uh, there's also a payment mechanism. When I say a payment mechanism, is how the interests as well as well as fixed uh, fixed principles are paid. In the case of long-term papers, normally interest are paid at a regular time interval. This could be half-yearly, quarterly, yearly. In the case of debt instruments which are short-term in nature, however, uh, the outlook is a little different because there is a cost involved in issuing interest separate from the principal. What normally happens is the interest and the principal are both paid together at maturity, which means you could invest 100 rupees today and at the end of maturity, which was probably within a year or 91 days, you get not only the 100 rupees, but also the interest committed on that. Uh, there is a there's a little bit of twist here, which uh, which, for example, T-bills use, uh, which which is what we call discounted discounted rate. What it means is imagine that a T-bill gets paid after a year. And the coupon on that T-bill is 6%. Uh, what will happen is uh, the 
the T bill will be issued at 94 rupees. And on maturity, the investor gets 100 rupees. These are called discounting mechanisms of paying interest. So let me reiterate. We have different types of instruments. We have different types of borrowers. And we have different types of lenders. The, when we speak about debt markets, what we are speaking about is this connection between borrowers and lenders. This connection between borrower and lenders happen in a formal uh, marketplace. Uh, when we talk about debt markets, it is this formal marketplace which we are going to talk about. Uh, today specifically, we are going to talk about a little longer dated papers. When we say longer dated papers, papers which have a little longer maturity. Now, when we look at this, you should look at what is fixed income and why is it called fixed income. Fixed income, and most of us can, can understand, comes from a notion that what you get is fixed. What is this fixed? So when we look at a bond or a, or a fixed deposit, what you know is that there is a known maturity. Known maturity means you will get the money after a period of time. So as an investor, you will get the money after a period of time. You know what you're, what you're investing for, what, what time period you're investing for. This is called tenure. You also know right up front what is the committed returns you are expected to get. You are going to, it, it, at the time of negotiation or at the time of investing, you know that there is a fixed rate of, rate of return committed and that's what you will get. This known return is called coupon. Uh, there's also a known maturity value. A known maturity value in the case of uh, of, a, of a bond which has more than a year maturity is uh, normally uh, the sim uh, uh, the fixed principal which you've paid. This is called principal. Now, uh, in some cases, the principal could be higher than the the face value invested, which is because it is issued at a discounted face value, like we used this example of a short dated paper. Now, fixed income, as a the nature of fixed income ensures that this is what you get. You get a fixed tenure, you get a fixed coupon, you get a fixed principal. Question, especially on coupon. Why should we get coupon and what determines the rate of coupon? When you look at coupon, the question is, uh, you know, how does somebody set around this rate of coupon? What is, how does this, how is this interest rate set out in the market? I like to present before you a formula. Uh, the formula is pretty simple. It is small i is equal to big I plus R. Uh, I want to do a little, little thought experiment here. And uh, the idea behind doing this thought experiment is just imagine uh, that you have some money which you want to lend or you want to invest. And the question should be, what is the minimum expectation you'll want from this money? What is this minimum expectation what you want for money? Uh, there are two options in front of you. You could lend this money out or you can invest this money or you could keep it under your mattress and, and, and say it is safe. However, 100 rupees put under the mattress today and 100 rupees after a year is not the same. The reason is uh, though that hundred rupees which you put underneath your mattress has lost value in the next one, last one, next one year. Uh, that loss of value is equal to inflation. So when I look at uh, coupon, 
what most investors are looking for is that uh, this coupon should at least beat inflation which means that it makes uh, makes sense that you do not keep your money under the mattress or or not invested but be try to beat inflation and invest in the place where where there's inflation so what i'm saying is that there is a lower threshold beyond which you will not lend uh, what is the r then the r is that sense of real return uh, the real rate of return which is over and above this inflation uh, uh, it depends on the kind of risk you take okay so reiterating coupon the expectation of investors coupon is based on what is the inflation is there in the market let's take this a little further uh, we know that inflation is cyclical a year back inflation was high today it is low and it may probably be going up a little later but what we've noticed in the last 25 years that inflation in indian markets tend to be cyclical uh, uh, i've kind of given a very simple semantic year of of, of inflation but let's take this example uh, the question is uh, if you use the past example saying that you know if there is inflation uh, and you have money to invest your worst expectation is that uh, you should get inflation adjusted returns which means you should get inflation minimal and you should be happy with that however that is not so now, when inflation falls beyond below a particular point uh, people tend to uh, tend to be wary and are not completely comfortable with getting inflation so when inflation is at let's say at 2% or 3% uh, people are not have really comfortable giving money at 2% or 3% per annum on the other hand at the upper reaches of inflation when inflation is at 10% or 12% the borrower doesn't want to get give money at 10% or 11% or there about uh, which means uh, uh, the there is a band within which inflation will move a lot of it is based on the fact that people somehow intuitively know that uh, inflation is not stable across all uh, continuously but they move between uh, between between ups and downs uh, they then don't look at inflation as a number that changes every day but as average inflation over a period of time in the case of uh, of india most uh, investors expect an average inflation of close to about 7% and they are comfortable with any returns over and above it it doesn't mean that when inflation goes down they are not comfortable with a return less than 7% uh, because sometimes there are no options now uh, this gives you a, a unique situation wherein the the interest rates on the top are capped at a particular rate and the interest rates at the bottom are have a floor at a particular rate imagine an investor who comes in with an investing uh, investing with of a fixed tenure and he says you know i am comfortable with uh, with where the inflation is i am comfortable with the rate of return and as we look at it we see that as we go forward uh, a short term inflation short term investment uh, which is 3 years or thereabout uh, can be fixed at a particular rate as the time period as as we come closer to the end of time period and inflation's drop you know so do your rate of return and at a lower inflation rate you uh, you you get you play out at a at a different fixed fixed coupon uh, you can see from the graph that uh, based on where the inflation is uh, interest rates to move cyclically 
it moves cyclically downwards as well as upwards however it doesn't have that planar line as as an in inflation but tends to tends to be uh, uh, tends to be held on for a long period of time uh, this is a in, important insight for investors wherein as your interest rates go down your want you you see your your fixed income giving you lower returns but as the inflation goes up the fixed income gives you higher returns uh when we look at a bond itself a bond is a very simple structure it has a face value of 100 it got a purchase price and a maturity date and you get coupons which are given every year uh this is the main structure of a bond however let's look at what happens when interest rate changes for a bond uh, in this particular example i have given you an example of purchasing a bond which giving you 10 rupees coupon every year which means you get 10 rupees first year second year third year fourth year and 110 rupees which is the principal and the coupon given to you at the end now i'm going to do a little twist i want to sell this bond i want to sell this bond but right now when i sell this bond because i'm going to make 150 rupees in the full year in the bond the interest rates in the market have moved to 11% what does that mean that means that uh, there is a there is a similar bond available in the market at 11% now a purchase of this bond will look at this and say you know if i buy your bond at the 100 rupee price i'm actually making a 1 rupee loss notional loss over the next 5 years technically i will make a 5 rupee loss if i buy your bond i need to buy it at a cheaper rate which is 95 rupees on the other hand if the interest rates fell and you get 9 rupees you now are in a in a in a in a position to sell the bond because you you are giving you want to you get a premium of 1 rupee over next 5 years what you do is you amortize this 1 rupee up front okay you can now make plus 5 in fact you can sell this bond at 105 rupees this is the feature of making a bond tradable what you just seen is that when we looked at fixed income we looked at fixed income and said there are fixed coupon fixed tenure fixed maturity fixed uh, fixed principal however when you get a debt market and we get a market for bonds suddenly based on the where the interest rates are some of it driven by by inflation uh, you see that there's a potential to not only not only look at interest rates going up and down but your capital itself if because it's tradable changes nature in fact uh, a bond because it starts trading suddenly changes nature your face value or principal becomes price your coupon becomes yield and your tenure becomes maturity you've taken a fixed income security and made it in some senses variable you made it a price yield and maturity this has many 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 effects on the way we look at bonds this is the core feature of debt funds the core feature of debt funds is that it doesn't just give you interest and coupon which most investors think of when they think about fixed but it brings a added dynamic of different sources of revenue there is of course the existing interest income but because of market cyclicalities because of market cyclicalities there is now potential to make gains as well as losses you've now got a bond which is mark to mark
when we look at investing, especially in debt funds or debt, debt bonds, and we make a debt fund or a debt bond tradable, this is the, is the two aspects of investing we should look at. Not just what's happening to interest rates and what's happening to income, but also because of these changes in interest rates, what's happening to my price of the bond and am I making money or losing money? I'd like to close my session for debt funds today at this conjuncture. Uh, we will discuss more about this in the coming, coming two sessions. Uh, but uh, at this juncture, I'd like to reiterate what I just went through. First, uh, there's a surplus part of the economy and there's a deficit part of the economy. Most debt transaction is this movement of money from surplus to deficit. Uh, there's a, there's a trade-off for this. Obviously, the person borrowing the money pays interest with a, with a fixed, with a fixed expect, expectation that you will pay back the principal a little later. Uh, this is the core thesis of fixed income. Fixed income means fixed tenure, fixed coupon, fixed principal. However, uh, life is not so simple. Uh, there are different kinds of borrowers. There are different kinds of instruments. Uh, the kinds of borrowers set the expectation of returns. When you send, when you give money to the government, your expectations of returns are a little lower. However, when you take more riskier bets, your expectation of returns are a little higher. There are short-term instruments and long-term instruments. Short-term instruments are basically instruments which are one year and below. Long-term instruments are one year and above. Uh, other than that, we understand that interest rates are cyclical. And because they are cyclical, uh, though we don't see it inter as interest rates being cyclical, what tends to happen is that a fixed income security itself has a nature of being cyclical. It depends where in the market cycle you enter and your rates get fixed at that point in time. However, you can avoid this, this nature of cyclicality by buying bonds which are tradable. By buying bonds which are tradable, however, you expose yourself to mark-to-market risks. Uh, this is what we call capital gains in equity markets. As, as, as the stock price rise, you make capital gains. As stock price fall, you make capital losses. Uh, in the case of bond funds or bonds, when interest rates rise, you tend to lose capital gains. When interest rate falls, you tend to make capital gains. Uh, if you look at the income portion, on the other hand, it doesn't mean that when you make capital gains, you lose income. Income continues to remain. What you what you what you see is an income plus capital gains. On the other hand, when you lose capital gains, it's income minus capital loss, and that's your net return from debts. Uh, thank you for a patient listening. I'm open to questions. Great, Vincent. Thank you for sharing your knowledge with us. I think uh, the presentation, the PPT was quite interesting and, uh, you know, I learned quite a bit on the session. So so coming to the questions that uh, have been raised by our audience and uh, some, other, some other people at work. So I'd like to ask you some basic questions. So, uh, you know, the, the most basic question is, I mean, like there is equity, there is 
mutual funds and all of these things are there which always are promising me more returns so why should i invest in bonds uh, so uh, the dichotomy here is that information is available everywhere uh, the the markets and platforms are open for to you to trade uh, when we look at mutual funds, what mutual funds give is this uh, professionalism which comes from the fund managers we have. Uh, it is not simple. Uh, I, I kind of try to simplify this, uh, uh, this, this, this great complexity of saying, you know, what is going to happen to interest rates by saying, if you can predict what's going to happen to inflation, you can know what's going to happen to in interest rates. Uh, trust me, it's difficult. That's why we have uh, economists. We have fund managers. We have people who have spent years in this trying to trying to analyze what the government is going to do. What's going to be our fiscal deficit? What's going to be our borrowing calendar? What's going to be the amount we are going to we are going to we are going to see coming in because of GDP growth? It is a conjunction of all of this that kind of makes uh, makes this this prediction of whether interest rates are going to go up or going to go down. Finally, that's what you want to do. It's similar like equity. You want to know whether interest rates are going to go up, uh, or the stock market is going to go up or going to go down, and take a call on that. Uh, the reason you should be investing in in debt mutual funds is this professionalism and professional, uh, you know, uh, expertise which we bring to the table, and uh, that's as simple as I can make it. Uh, other than that, it's flexible. Uh, it gives you an option to invest in ma many options. Uh, whether you want a short term, long term, medium term, would you want to do invest it in 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 government securities? You want to invest in corporate bonds? Uh, you don't have to go out anywhere. Uh, approach a mutual fund, and we've got products that that fit into these baskets. Great. That answer brings me to my next question. Now, given that there are so many options available, can you give some pointers, like you know, about how to you know how one goes about? You know, choosing the categories, and you know, broadly speaking, how does one go about deciding what kind of uh, you know? Oh, yes, of course, that's very very simple. Uh, you know, it depends on your time horizon. You know, uh, what we normally tell most investors is that look at how long you want to invest. In the case of debt funds, you want to invest, let's say, for for a period of one year, two year, three year, five years. That's your that's your optionalities. Okay, uh, there are different types of funds. There's a liquid fund which you can invest money for a on a on a daily basis. In the sense, when I say daily, you can invest your money today and remove it out tomorrow. Obviously, uh, when we looked at this example of two portions of income, there's interest income and mark-to-market income. You don't want to have a lot of mark-to-market investments in that. So you want to go in into investments which are short-term in nature or or the the product which is invest primarily in nature we investments which are short term in nature it doesn't it's not exposed to market markets on the other hand there is there is a products which have a high uh, high market market exposure uh, products like gsec funds or products which are longer dated paper uh, i used this example previously of uh, of this 10 uh, you know you make 5 rupees imagine if this uh, 5 year paper was 10 years now uh, the the range would would be much higher, isn't it? Instead of getting five rupees, you could get ten rupees. But on the other hand, if you, if you lose five rupees, you lose. Uh, if you lose money, you lose ten rupees. So uh, it is a context. Uh, however, uh, what we tend to do, we tend to give as a recommendation, is shorter term, go for liquid funds. Uh, there's a short term short term basket of funds. 
there's a medium term basket of funds and there is a long term bond funds now uh, each of them have different names they are called liquid funds or cash funds then there is a, a short term packed there is medium term corporate bond funds and then there's gsec funds okay obviously all of them have different risk profiles all of them have different uh, internal securities which they hold great thanks so much for that information so uh, one of the things which uh, i have uh, experienced while i deal with a lot of uh, first time customers and uh, they like to know about uh, you know what kind of investments they have to make so we've been uh, advocating that uh, bonds are probably the safest safest investment you could ever make but having said that what kind of risks do you think the bond markets have for investors uh, i like to caveat that when i say okay. they are safest uh, there are different types of bonds when you give your money to the government you know just because they are the government and they have the ability to print more money you know it is the safest investment there is on the other hand you could give money to me <laughs> uh, i would obviously not be as safe isn't it uh, but uh, but you would you would you would ask for your pound of flesh so to say uh, let me go back to this formula of i is equal to i plus r that risk which you talk about is in that real rate uh, most government investing money which you give to the government or to the uh, to rbi relief bonds or for example even bank fixed bond because if they are they are pseudo government uh, would just give you inflation when you try to go for a higher rate of return they with that comes with uh, with, with 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 it comes real risk Uh, the risk can have different connotations it could have connotation like credit risk uh, you may get uh, you may not get your money back or uh, there could be liquidity risk in the sense that you know you there's this corporate or a mutual fund who has bought this bond but it's not tradable you want the money immediately but it's not tradable so they may have to sell it at a discount uh, there's also interest rate risks when interest rates go up Uh, you make a capital loss on the other hand when interest rates go down you make capital capital gains so there is a whole range of of returns but if you want to be safe uh, just stick to liquid funds if you want to take a little more risk go with short term funds uh, for those who are looking at really safe returns this is the this is the baskets which they should they should stick to okay great so uh, you are a professional from the industry so you would be well informed about bonds and uh, all other types of investments which are available now for a newbie or someone who's not uh, even aware of this so stock markets i think uh, people get more information about uh, mutual funds I, i i guess everybody even my mom will know about mutual funds but for bonds uh, like these kind of uh, debt bonds like what kind of platforms are available for people to trade what kind of knowledge is available for people to go and learn like after having heard this this presentation from you what kind of knowledge can they where can they go seek additional knowledge and where what other than zeroda what what kind of platform exists for them to make these kind of trades so the government has nsc open market i think so there's an open market for bonds on on national stock exchange uh you can even trade bonds there right? it's i mean it's it's you could you could do that yourself uh on the other hand if you want to know more it's basically google i mean you could go to investopedia you could go to nsc nsc has a has a wholesale market platform wdm which is basically it's called 
wholesale debt market platform where they explain a lot of this. Uh, it could be a little daunting for people who are first going into it. But as you as you kind of learn more about it, it becomes a lot more simpler. Uh, my uh, my context of doing the program here is that uh, let it not daunt you. I mean, imagine eighty percent of the investors today invest in a fixed income security. What we are saying is that that you just taken a fixed income security and made it tradable, and because of this trade, you get all these complexities. Uh, if you are just a buy and hold investor, the best way to look at it is: Would you give the person this money? A second, how long are you going to give the money? And thirdly, what is the rate of return you get? So this is as simple as it gets. You could dive down into complexities. You, uh, the first starting point is wait for the first uh, first of February. You'll get the budget. The budget gives you the government's fiscal deficit. The government's fiscal deficit decides the amount of money the government needs to borrow. Correct. Uh, if the government's borrowing goes up because fiscal deficit is increased, you automatically know interest rates over the next year will tend to go up. Uh, Simplify. I'm I'm really simplifying it, but uh, sometimes it's just commonsensical. Uh, you could approach uh, this in a in 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 a commonsensical way. And uh, if you're really looking at uh, at being a trader on this, uh, there are options. All right, all right. And uh, I mean, uh, your presentation covered pretty much everything, but there's two more sessions, so I don't want to bother you with too many questions. There's one last question. Yes. which uh, uh, I think you've already answered it through the presentation, but uh, it's nice to end it with that. So what I'd like to know is if I intend to hold a bond till maturity, yeah. will it affect my returns if uh, based on the changes that might happen? Uh, let me go back. You know, this happens, correct? Uh, mm -hmm. If you look at a bond, what is a bond? It's a purchase price. And a commitment to pay you a particular a fixed a fixed income at the end a fixed after a fixed period and you get a fixed income. Now, what will tend to happen is there are cycles in the middle. Your income, assuming the bond doesn't default, your income continues to accrue to you. At the end, when the bond matures, that's all you will get. In the meantime, however, you know you could have cycles where prices go up and prices go down. I'd like to end with a quote which is normally, you know, uh, famously used in equity markets. It says, in the end, uh, long-term prices of stock securities tend to follow EPS. Okay. Nothing different in bonds. Okay. Okay, great. Thanks so much for that, Winston. And uh, I look, look forward to hosting you again the next time around and learn more from you. Thanks for your time and uh, your patience with us. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a nice day. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah.